All right, welcome back to another episode of the Poker Model Podcast. My name is Greg McAfee, and I'm here with Poker Model co-founder Brett Stokar for another episode. Brett, how are you doing today? Doing good. Thanks, Greg. Yep, no problem. And through the first kind of through the first episodes, we've kind of broke down the idea of the Poker Model a little bit. In the first episode, we talked about the Poker Model in general, where it came from, um, the idea behind it, things like that. And then in the second episode, we kind of talked about how it developed. Um, we talked about Brett's playing history, poker, um, both full-time and as a hobby. And then in the last, the last episode, we talked about one of the, the general ideas of the poker model, which was the six phases of poker. Um, Brett broke that down for you guys, gave you an idea of what it was, why it's so important to the poker model. And today we're going to be talking about another crucial, um, element of the poker model, the strategy behind the poker model, which is the good, the bad, the, and the mediocre. Um, so just to start, Brett, can you kind of uh, what's can you kind of give us the general summary of the good, the bad, the me- mediocre, what it means? Absolutely. Um, I'm glad we get to talk about some strategies today. <laughs> um, this is the fun stuff. So good, bad, mediocre. So there are just so many things that can happen in a hand of poker. Uh, if you really look into the details and you know, you're looking at suits of cards, stack sizes, table position, all this stuff. And the good, bad, mediocre, and the poker model, it is a way to take a very complex world of combinations of things and just break it down to three separate categories. And then once you have it in one of those categories, you're able to then make a decision as a result. So the way that this uh, came up was, again, I just wanted a way to, to make it simple and easy. So the good, bad, mediocre, uh, I guess, classification happens on the flop. Mm -hmm. So we are in phase three flop. There's three cards on the table. Obviously, you have two cards in your hand. So a full hand in poker is five cards total. You know, in No Limit, Texas Hold'em, there's three community cards. So basically, what we're going to do is we're going to look at our two cards and look at the three cards on the flop, and we're going to put our hand into one of these three categories. One is good, one is bad, one is mediocre, and then we'll make decisions as a result. Okay. Um, and it, guys, if you if you have visited our website on at thepokermodel.com and watched some of the videos, the poker model hand breakdown um, that we've started recently, Brett kind of touches on this idea in each and every video. Um, after the flop comes, he he qualifies his hand, and it's a it's a pretty crucial pretty crucial part of the poker model strategy. Um, so Brett, how did this um, idea manifest, or where did it come from? Where did the strategy start for you? Was it while you were playing full time? Um, how did it kind of come up for you as a player in general? Yeah, it was it was definitely when I was full time and just playing a lot of hands over and over again, mm-hmm. and. You know, I like to look at a hand of poker as just like anything else. You know, if, if you step up to shoot a foul shot in basketball, you step up to the line, ref passes you the ball, take a deep breath, you put your hands where they need to be, and then you shoot. And I view a hand of poker very similarly. So for us, it's like you're looking at some variables in the beginning, and then the flop comes, and then you're going to qualify this way. And these, the reason you're seeing it over and over again in the articles is because it's just part of the process of going through a hand when you're using the poker model. So this idea came from playing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hands and just realizing that 
I'm pretty much doing the same thing based on this set of rules. So I didn't really need to go too deeply into these flops uh, when I was playing online because I kind of had the variables where they need to be and what they were. And then I was able to put them into one of these three categories and just doing that repetition over and over and over again, it kind of made me see that, you know, something that's bad, I'm going to do these things for something that's good. I'm going to do this and mediocre. I'm going to do this other thing for. And the classifications came from over time, kind of understanding that this hand isn't really going to get better. You know, this one might get better and this one is already good. Mm-hmm. And so over time, I just kind of like drilled down on some of those things and was able to, to make some separations. It's it's very clear cut, but obviously you're going to have to use some common sense. But generally speaking, if you know how we classify these things and you can see on a flop what you have, uh, it should be pretty straightforward on the way the poker model would recommend the, the action after that. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming having a strategy like this would kind of help make decisions easier i know poker game poker is a game of highs and lows um you have tough calls easy calls things like that so does does this strategy does having this in your back pocket having this tool um make the game easier definitely let let me give you two examples mm-hmm. one is i have a huge hand you know i'm very excited about it i make a play and then there's a huge bet and then i'm not sure what to do and then I have to fold or, you know, maybe I have to go all in and things and I get unlucky and I'm just like very emotional, very up and down versus a situation where you say, look, I have this many chips. I have a huge hand. No matter what my opponent does, here's what I'm going to do. And I should mention now too, Greg, that it doesn't matter who you're playing against. Mm-hmm. You're going to make your decisions based on your own, what you're seeing and your own stack and your own variables. Your, your opponent will make a decision. And then you'll know exactly what to do as a result of that decision. So I, I definitely think it simplifies the game a little bit. Uh, I don't think that you're going to become a robot because I think you need to understand what we're teaching, but also have like a sense of, you know, your own style with it. Mm-hmm. But it should definitely make it a little bit easier and, and really take some of this like up and down and stress and anxiety out of these hands. All right. Um, so, I mean, let's just kind of get into what. Uh, the good, the bad, the bad, and the mediocre actually mean. So what what qualifies as a good hand for you? All right. So a good hand is, if you can imagine, a royal flush is a good hand. Um, yep. <laughs> uh, straight flush, four of a kind, full house, flush, straight, three of a kind, and what we call a good two pair. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when there's a paired board, right, if there's three cards that come out and it's like five, five, two, well, if you have a two in your hand, that's technically called two pair. Mm-hmm. But when we say good pair, we mean if it's like a king five two board with nothing paired on it and you have like a king and a five. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So good hands are hands that you want to try to raise, build the pot and get all your chips in with. Okay. Um, so, I mean, just go to the, go, we can go on right to the next one. And what qualifies as a bad hand for you? Bad hands are what you get most of the time. <laughs> probably thinks. Mm-hmm. So a bad hand in our world is third pair or worse. So if there is an ace and a six and a four on the board, a bad hand is a pair of fours. Okay. You know, you have one in your hand, there's one on the board. Mm-hmm. A bad hand is any two cards that aren't matching the board that doesn't make some kind of draw. So if you have king, queen, king, ten, uh, you know, any just two high cards that aren't draws. Mm-hmm. 
draws like inside straight draws. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it's like a one, you know, three, four, five, like if you have the seven, uh, you have the, um, what would it be? Hold on. Sorry, Greg. No, you're good. So if the, if the board is king, queen, ace, and you have a 10 in your hand, mm -hmm. we call that a bad hand because you okay. just have the one card to hit. Mm -hmm. And then any backdoor draws or anything like that. Okay. So bad hands are what you're used to. Uh, third pair or worse. Oh, another thing I should mention is if you have a pocket pair like 6-6 six, six, and the board is ace, king, three, mm -hmm. well, technically that's still third pair or worse even though the board card is lower mm -hmm. I, we still call that a bad hand here at the poker model and, and we can go into more detail on this we're happy to answer questions about it mm -hmm. but i'm hoping we're given kind of like a general idea of of where you can put your hands and, and what they mean on the flop mm -hmm. and i mean if you guys have any questions or comments or anything like that you feel free to reach out to us on facebook twitter instagram all at the poker model or you know find us at our website at thepokermodel.com um but just to kind of get into the the last classification which is the mediocre i'm assuming that's everything that's left that you haven't touched on correct <laughs> It is, uh, which can be, you know, there, there's a lot. And I think mediocre hands are the ones that we'll be pretty conservative with. And we'll make sure that we're not really losing huge, you know, losing tournaments over. Um, mm -hmm. Other people, again, would play them differently. But for us, mediocre hand, uh, depending on the uh, a few things like stack size, sometimes an over pair is mediocre. Uh, top pair is mediocre. Second pair is mediocre. Mm -hmm. And then we also call... Uh, draw open-ended straight draws and flush draws are mediocre as well okay um and then so after the flop do you re-qualify at all or do you, is it just does the good the bad the mediocre pretty much depend on what comes up on the flop it's yeah it's it's a specific flop uh thing so mm -hmm. we'll have ways to get you to the flop as we talked about a little bit with the six phases of poker like mm -hmm. you know here's pre-flop stuff but what happens then is you get to the flop and there are no two cards that you could have that you wouldn't be able to put in one of these categories. Okay. All right. And then, I mean, outside of the, the hands, that, the cards that you have in your hand and the cards that come up on the flop, is there anything else um, in the game of Texas Hold'em that kind of influences uh, or qualifies your hand as good, bad, mediocre? Yes. Stack size plays a role as well. Okay. To me, it's important to learn this stuff, uh, assuming both players have big stacks. But for today's purposes, know that if you have a short stack or your opponent has a short stack or both, which in our world is 20 big blinds or less, mm -hmm. your good hands, some of the mediocre hands become good. So okay. something like top pair when you have a lower stack is a, is a good hand. But if player stacks are deep, you know, it's not as not as great. Okay. So that, that will play a, a part as well. All right. Well, that is all we have time for today, guys. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Poker Model Podcast. Today we touched on the good, the bad, and the mediocre um, strategy um, in the Poker Model. So thank you for joining us again. Um, visit us at our website at thepokermodel.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Poker Model. Also, Facebook, Instagram give us a follow we're going to be we're going to be introducing a lot of new stuff um in the future we have videos the poker model breakdown um is a consistent thing happening now um where brett uh touches on a or has a video um that goes along with most of our articles and breaks down a hand his thought process things like that also in the future we'll be releasing more podcasts based on strategy um within the poker model um thinking so uh thanks for joining us again brett thank you 